welcome to this week's edition of the Taking Note podcast. It's Owen here. Um, I just wanted to take the opportunity to introduce this week's podcast as we have Charlie and Joseph doing a sort of just their duo collaboration and they talk about their process of how they make music and how they've collaborated over over the years. I have worked with both Charlie and Joseph on a few individual projects but most notably we play in a band together uh, the three of us uh, plus another incredible fiddle player Sally Simpson uh, and that project is called Westward Delight. So we'll maybe uh, I'll take this this moment to Say hello to Joseph. Joseph's joining me here in the studio and uh, I wanted just to kind of take this moment to, to ask just a little bit of the background of yourself and uh, and, and Charlie. Uh, so yeah, how are you getting on Joe? I'm good thanks, how's your settling? Oh I'm grand, yes thanks. So yeah, tell us a little bit about how you guys uh, came to be. So Charlie and I actually went to school together and we met at the music school um, up in Plockton there, where Charlie was for a few years, and I just went for my sixth year. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I can quite clearly remember meeting Charlie for the first time, um, because when you go you go for an induction week before you start the year there proper, and it just so happened that the induction week for the music school started the day after the Rockness Festival in Inverness. Oh, I remember it well. So I'm sure you've been to Rockness a few times as well. <laughs> I actually only went the once, and that was uh, that was enough. That was enough for me. <laughs> it's a bit of a bammy affair. Oh, um, it was good. It was good great. music. Good music. But um, I, I, I pitched up for this induction week for my sixth year of school thing, totally just a bit dishevelled and a bit of a mess. Um, that can happen. And, you know, they send a couple of folk who've, when you arrive for your induction, they send a couple of folk already out of the school to out to meet you and give you a bit of a tour and stuff like that. And Fair so nice. Charlie was one of those folk and... All I wanted to do, I just remember so clearly, wanted to go for a sleep. And Charlie told me afterwards that like, everyone thought I was super boring because I'd pitched up at the music school and gone to bed at six o'clock at night. <laughs> well, it surely picked up from there, though, did it? It, it did. I just needed a wee disco a wee nap. nap. A wee nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, obviously, Joe, I've I've known you since uh, we started kind of university together. So we we both studied at the applied music course. Um, with Anna Wendy Stevenson um, through UHI, and so we've done a few projects together. We've we we kind of we started Tanara, yeah, uh, our first our first band, our first band, yeah. Uh, so we've done that for a few years, um, but kind of more recently, although we've we've been on the go for a few years, we've we've done the Westwood Delight stuff. Um, and I thought it, it's 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 kind of cool to talk about that because I I I feel like it's it's kind of like the Charlie Gray Joseph Peach big band. <laughs> Although it's only twice the amount of members, it's 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 um, it's kind of I think of it as like the sort of the kind of release that you don't get from from your duo music in, in terms of just playing fast tunes loads, <laughs> 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 which is um, it's maybe not quite as refined and and um, and kind of maybe spiritual as as your duo stuff, but it's a lot of fun as well. It's loads of fun, and I think mm. yeah, Westward is kind of based in a lot of the qualities that are in Charlie and I's music, you know, that thing of things being quite spacious and taking quite a long time to build up. But I guess just with, you know, with your cell and guitar and Sally on the other fiddle and sometimes viola, like when it does build, you can just get a bit more power. Um, Absolutely, yeah, a bit more weight behind it. And that's really nice. No, it's good. It's good fun. Um, 
it's what I like about this podcast is it, it's it's given given me an opportunity to kind of see what the differences are and how how you both operate um, when you're just just together as as a duo, uh, and it's really nice to kind of obviously I you know I, I kind of know a little bit of the inside story of it, um, but this this episode's actually quite a great insight into just that very very special thing that that the, that the two of you do, and I'm sure many of the listeners will agree that it's um it's it's a, a great opportunity to kind of get inside both of your heads or what you're doing um yeah so i suppose we should just get on with the episode yeah yeah let's, let's, let's listen back here we go please enjoy so yeah we're going to do something a bit different this week i think um yeah. and just make a bit of music ourselves because there's been loads with um some fantastic guests but I think it's quite a nice thing maybe just for us to to make a track and we were saying as we were kind of walking up there like over the course of this year so far it's been a rake of music together like you know we worked on an album which is coming out in October um recorded that at the start of the year made all of these podcasts and then have been involved in a couple of kind of larger projects the both of us but I don't think we've made anything the two of us since we did that album back in February. Yeah, I think it was February. So yeah, so it'd be good to do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I guess, you know, we, we were maybe again talking about it a wee bit earlier, but just our sort of approach to writing generally. Yeah. And I think the whole thing of this podcast idea initially was to sort of let people in uh, to the workings. Yeah, totally. Of writing music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe we could really talk about that quite literally today. Yeah, yeah, but how if, we do that. If possible. Some Somebody somewhere had a quote once that, like, writing about music is like dancing about architecture or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, and it is kind of like that. It's, you know, it's always hard to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of talk about these things in real terms, but um, we can give it a bash, I suppose. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was just thinking, like, Let's say, for example, I was going to say, for example, we sit in a room together. We are sitting in a room together. <laughs> and we both have our instruments out. And we decide... Also true. Also very true. And we decide that we are going to write a piece of music or we've been commissioned to write something, mm-hmm. for example. So how? what would be your first stage? Maybe we could kind of work this in a way of like yeah. asking each other questions yeah. to help us along the way. I think I would probably just sit and improvise (laughs) if I have to write something that's quite defined you know it's like something that you can you have to write and then be able to play exactly the same way to either record it or perform it live however many times um I probably work in quite a chord based way I think like I'm looking for I'd be improvising improvising and looking for changes like chord changes or or sequences you know more than a couple that that I kind of like and then and then you'd kind of find like a chord sequence that you really liked and then start to play around on that is that what you yeah mean? yeah I think so and it, it generally tends to be like two chords quite a lot of the time like I was um playing around um with a tune the other day um and it's it's one of Owen our producer of this series's tunes um and it's like it's mostly in this kind of key um it's the tune a little bit of the tune's like Etc. Um, so, 
I kind of started there and ended up just like, oh, I like some of the kind of harmony that that tune's suggesting. And so I ended up in, I found this change that I really liked, for example, like that. So that, that, that I kind of started there and ended up like, what did I end up with? I ended up with like a... Then it was like a... You know, and I was like, oh, oh, and there's a yeah. a start for something else. So that's probably where I would start. That's kind um, of like ending up in territory of a lot of jazz influence there. Yeah. I guess with, with harmony, like, I'm trying to be as open-minded as possible at the moment. I think, you know, generally that's that's good. But, like, in particular, it's just like, okay, what are the things that will work as opposed to what are the things that... that are within a trad box. Yeah. You know, the, or the the box of traditional music, this is this is kind of how that's generally done. And it's really tricky. It's really, because, you know, you grew up in this and you grew up hearing it and hearing all of that harmony that would be done in a certain way for trad music or whatever or the kind of, you know, the, the approaches to that that exist. But then to be like, oh, yeah, there's, there's so much other stuff that could work on top of that. Well, let's, um, just for example, let's take something like, I mean, I'm in... Of tone down. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, traditionally, like, the sort of sound would be more <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. you were in a dance band and don't get me wrong I love all of that stuff but it's kind of of, it's just it's just like what is everything you can do when you're when you're writing music I guess that's the question for me and like I maybe don't know enough to kind of fully go into those other worlds I have a bit of like a functional knowledge of some jazz stuff, I suppose, and how yeah. like the really kind of core bits of that work, but that's limited. And similarly with um, things that you'd find in more kind of twentieth century music, like you know, if you're getting into more atonal or natural harmony sorts of spaces, like I've, I like and have played music, which is more in that world. But like I do run up against this thing sometimes of maybe not knowing enough, yeah, to 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 do anything beyond like oh I like the sound of that I'll well, pop that in you know I, I don't understand say, the basis for that. I think there's something really nice about that, and that's something that I I quite often lean into in my own music is taking a sort of rough sound of something like I mean gypsy jazz for example is something that's hugely inspired me. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually gone and studied it or learnt it. Yeah, but there's something really nice about like trying to write your own yeah gypsy jazz your own tunes kind of way it. of that yeah. And I think that it can actually be a really nice thing, and you end up with your own, your own thing and your own yeah. sound. Totally, and you see it happen in reverse loads. I think you see people come to kind of traditional or folk stuff from from completely other worlds and <laughs> backgrounds and perspectives, which is amazing because then you get this whole new take on how the the folk and trad thing works. You know, like well, 
you know, in in terms of that folk definition more widely, you know, out with Scotland, I think of the um, an album um, it's called Jazz Pass Venska, which is a jazz pianist is Swedish playing old Swedish folk tunes, and it's like it's perfect. It's like a perfect <laughs> little the thing that Jan Johansson does is you know he does bring something totally different to that, and that's and that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And there's you know there's all manner of examples of that in it's, our world as well. It's potentially that thing as well of like the sort of maybe like a lack of permission in a weird sort of way gives you the liberty. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's or, like, because I, I find like within our own traditions and our own country, it's like, I probably wouldn't try and imitate a Northeast fiddle style. Yeah, well, you know where the lines are within your own world. That's so what it's I mean, like, whereas like, it's like a sort of lack of permission thing where you're just like, oh, yeah. well, I'll just do what I think is the thing. Yeah, you're not worried about those norms. Exactly. So much, completely. And... It's something I would like to do more of, actually, particularly with things in more of a kind of jazz, you know, loose, loose use of that term, world. Like, I think there's, I'd like to I'll try, do something which flips it on its head, head a bit and it's like, oh, here's a folky doing a jazz thing. Yeah. Because that, maybe, maybe it's not right to say, but, you know, certainly my impression would be that we don't see that happening in reverse so much, like folk from folk people from folk music or traditional music going at these other things. Yeah, no, people come um, to folk music quite a lot, but... Yeah, and I don't... It's interesting to think about why that is, I suppose, like... Well, I mean, classical music, for example, like, I like to think that I could play some of the music, but I mm-hmm. just... I do not have the training or ability, even though I'm a professional fiddle player. Yeah. There's some things that are just... It would take me years to even learn the... You know, totally. Well, and the and, the, and the reading as well. Like that's a whole other thing well, too. Exactly. It's like that when I, you know, when I'm if I'm learning classical stuff, I literally have to learn four bars, memorize it, and move on to the next four, and do it like that because, yeah. you know, depending on well, most likely I'm not going to be able to read it at speed, sort of thing, because that's a whole other skill that we just don't or isn't so important to our kind of world of music, I yeah. suppose. Um, it's interesting. I was. Um, I had a lovely evening recently with some new friends of mine, um, Theo and uh, Pepe. They're great, sort of old-time bluegrass musicians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we spent the whole evening sharing music with one another in, in, in a session, basically. And we were playing sort of gypsy jazz stuff. We were playing bluegrass, we were playing old-time, we were playing traditional Scottish music as well, and Irish things. And we we ended up talking quite a lot about it, and we were, we were saying like, you know, how if I'm playing old time music with old time musicians, and it sounds like old time fiddle, but I don't have any background in old time learning, mm-hmm. what am I playing? Yeah, does that make sense? Totally. And it's like they were backing me perfectly. Mm-hmm as I played traditional tunes and they were like, you know, I would happily go on tour tomorrow with them and do a gig of trad music. Yeah. And yet they were saying, oh no, you know, we don't play trad music. And they were terrified to fill yeah. that role. Mm-hmm. And I find it so interesting where, where these lines sort of start to blur. And, D- totally. It's, and and it's, 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 I think a lot of it's just a thing of permission. You don't like, yeah. you almost don't allow yourself to think of yourself as something else. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is to do with worrying about what other people will think. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, like I've I've done like five 
solo classical piano gigs in my life. And I was just crippled with this feeling of like, <laughs> oh my God, what am I doing? What an imposter. Everyone yeah. is going to see straight through this. Yeah. You're mad. Why are you doing this? But in reality, you're sitting there playing classical piano music on a grand piano. Well, you know, yeah. like it's like, what's the issue here? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it's, it? It's amazing, actually, but, what our minds can do on that front. But I guess it's to do with also not understanding the culture around it because well different types of folk music are one thing i suppose it's like you know there's lots that's shared about them Mm, you know in in terms of how it feels to play them and you know there's like an instant familiarity with folk who are from other sorts of folk music i think because it shares so much whereas from from the outside you look at other things classical and jazz or whatever or you know or or like like electronic music or you know the whole range of things yeah um and it's like, oh, oh, that's 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 a very different world. Yeah. Absolutely. Just because of how how you see it as an as like I suppose an outsider or as, as an audience member or whatever. Yeah. It just seems very different. So maybe that's I think that certainly is what was previously informed my worries about doing classical gigs and stuff like that. Anyway, we, we sidetracked pretty heavily there. Where What about you? What do you do when you're that was it. writing yes. something? Um I think keys are big ones for me the actual key of what we're about to write mm-hmm. and I as you know play a lot in open tunings on the fiddle yeah I'm not in an open tuning today but I am tuned down a whole tone um, yeah so that means it's tuned like a fiddle normally is but lower as opposed to like in a way that would make like a chord like that yeah exactly so you're like those are your strings yeah today, fifth, I think. basically yeah. Um, and I think the fiddle as an instrument changes a lot. Just, you know, today the room's really warm and I'm noticing that the fiddle's just responding entirely different to certain keys than it was when I played it in the house last night mm-hmm. before it went in the case. So I think there's just certain keys that sound better on certain days. So yeah. like I was saying to you earlier, earlier Oh, and I was like, can we play in B flat or D minor? Because they mm-hmm. seem to be the ones that are singing out to me today. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I can't play in other things. Yeah. But I for me the fiddle is all about making nice sound. I just I like playing things that sound good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of the whole drive of playing an instrument for me is just make it sound nice. So Yeah. I guess that influences hugely what I'm about to do. Yeah. And, you know, that goes down to everything from, you know, the way the instrument's responding to how your how your bow is that day, you know, or mm-hmm. how you're feeling that day. Yeah. You know, some days we walk into the studio and we're just like, oh, can we just play, like, slow airs all day, you mm-hmm. know? Or we might want to play reels from yeah. 9am till 5pm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or I might just sack the whole lot off and go to the pub. Well, exactly, and it's, you know, you just don't really know what, what's going to come to your mind. And it's, it's no different to meeting a friend for a coffee, really. Yeah. It's just, where is your conversation going to go? Are you going to have one of those days where you go into complete hysterics and go to a club till three in the morning? Or are you going to have just a really chilled out evening? Or, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Totally, yeah. So I guess that's how I see certainly the way we approach music together is just quite a... It's an extension of our friendship, essentially. It's, yeah. It's just another way of conversing. Totally. That is com- is conversation, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. um, and I think we get a pretty quick gauge of that when we see each other. Yeah. Like today we're not 
I wouldn't say we're in like 100% form. We're just quite sleepy and a bit warm. A bit warm, bit knackered. So I'm imagining whatever we're about to write together is going to be... Reflective of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you're right. I, think, I do think we're, we're also quite sens- sensitive to that generally. You know, we're not mm-hmm. the sort of people that are just going to like work through however we're feeling. Yeah. You know, we're not going to like churn out a set of reels today. No. If we're not in the mood for playing a set of reels. Totally, because if you do that, and I mean, there's been times I think where we've tried, or, you know, by necessity. Well, remember that day in the studio, like, not long before the album, I just, I just made us go to the park. Yeah, it's just that like, there's no music to be done We are going to the today. park, and yeah. we're going to go for a two-hour walk, and then as soon as we came back, we wrote probably one of our best sets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how it works. Joe here, folks. So after that we chat that Charlie and I had there, um, this is the piece of music that we wrote. We didn't give it a name or anything like that and the recording is kind of at the point of creation. I guess we were still kind of writing it as we were recording this take. But here it is anyway and please enjoy.
So that's how to write a tune, <laughs> apparently. Kind of how we do it, maybe, yeah. I suppose. Sometimes. Um, well, that's the other thing I think that's maybe worth sort of mentioning is like, you know, that that's one approach to doing it. Mm-hmm. And one approach that we would take to do it as well, I Exactly, think, and I, I think what I was going to say is like, you know, we've had times where we were just like, we can write it within 20 seconds. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, mind that when we... Like, two things kind of come to mind. Like, when we went up to Muck to stay in that Bothian, write that the Emil album, the two albums ago, um, you know, that we were there for, like, a couple of days and all the stuff just kind of came out. Um, and then mind that tune we wrote on the boat as well, the... Yeah. Um, the That just literally, like, it's funny because Hamish was there filming for the for the Arimel film and, like, kind of, so we can kind of actually watch that happening back. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, yeah, it's mad because you can just see how quickly it was, like... Yeah, it just formed up within seconds, didn't it? There's it, yeah. Um, I, mean, I think they're, they're my favourite tunes and I think that's probably what all composers thrive for is that mm-hmm. thing where you your favourite melodies come out thin air. Yeah. Well, it's just flow, isn't it? It's like when it you really totally find, is. you know, there's no, you're uninhibited, there's no barriers between like your kind of creative brain and what's happening in the world, like what you're doing in the world, I mean. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good state to be in when you can get there. There's, there's different ways to access it, but I think like sometimes the conditions have to be just right, don't they? Totally. And you can never predict that. Um, so it's it's kind of like a nice surprise when that just happens, isn't it? Well, that uh, slower that we play of mine, that's Skurin and Kodiach. And- yeah. I was that literally just came when I was sitting watching TV one night, mm-hmm. and you can tell because it's that that tune. It's really it just ma- it makes sense, you know. It's not I'm not not in the way that like it's logical. You've so you've you've written phrase A, therefore phrase B theoretically should do this. It's no, more I just know what like you mean. it's more just like oh, where where it takes you as it goes along. It's just like oh, that's that's absolutely right. That's that's like yeah. And that's that's the good thing is when you can get that happening. That's the real goal in life, isn't it? <laughs> or as a composer. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, maybe to like wrap up, we can actually play that slower. It's been a long time since yeah. we've that go. That's a great idea, actually.
So, Owen, what did you think there? Did that give you a wee bit kind of more of an insight into, into yeah. what goes on? Oh, absolutely. No, it's it's nice to it's just nice to hear the way you you chat and uh, and can play music and I suppose just take a little bit of it's it's just nice to hear the kind of like the respect between two folk because that's it's quite a hard thing to learn and you know a lot there's a lot of ego in music isn't there and there's a lot of but there's also a lot of self deprecation and and mm-hmm. you know you need people to m- make you feel confident with with your ideas and and to be in that space where you're not scared to say let's go try this let's let's not do anything actually that's quite a hard thing to do i think for a lot of people you know like let's go yeah like charlie mentioned about going for a walk there you know for like a couple hours and you know when you're trying to like get work done that seems absurd you know (laughs) it's like you know like no you need to be in the office doing doing spreadsheets you know um or doing tunes but it can just be so helpful can't it? it can just be good to clear the space in your in your head you know the fog and sometimes just doing something completely abstract is is quite good so no it's really really nice to 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 hear that um yeah really enjoyed it magic yeah i think on the on the ego thing i think there was i had such a useful lesson in that when i was um at university i studied with a pianist called mary mccarthy and she put me on to this um, piece of writing that a colleague of hers, a Belgian violinist, had had written, and he was talking about this thing of playing simple music. I think in this case the example was literally Twinkle Twinkle Little Star Mm -hmm. with the same focus and, you know, total involvement as, you know, like a Brahms concerto or whatever. Sure. And and what, what he was saying in that, and this is something I really took to heart, I think, was that was that in was that in both situations his ego didn't fucking matter basically yeah you know, it was just about being committed to what you're playing and let that not you and your stuff be the most important thing that's nice yeah just drop it all mm-hmm. and just if you want to be convincing you need to not let that get in the way yeah and I guess it's I don't know it's quite important for me I think to just try and apply that as much as possible not that it's easy no. all the time but <laughs> Absolutely, no. I think it's a good aim to have okay we all have our just judgments don't we we do about certain things and and you can get really caught up in it can't you it's it's easy to, it's easily done I catch myself out all the time yeah. being judgmental about stuff that I shouldn't be totally you know and it's it's good to kind of check yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and it cuts both ways I think because both things are equally unuseful like having too much ego or too much self-deprecation you know it's another thought it's like inverted ego in a way and it's yeah just as counterproductive <laughs> definitely i definitely suffer more from that it's, yeah <laughs> i hope so actually i don't know um but no that's that's yeah it's really interesting i remember actually another story it's sort of to do with ego but it was also just about kind of like keeping your cool because i'm sure yourself you know like working in situations where you know, you maybe don't always see eye to eye with folk and things like that, or there's something that's going on and it's it's all getting a bit stressful and it's just trying to keep your keep your cool, keep a level head. And I remember it was um, Anna Massey told me so. It was one of the first times I ever met Anna Massey, and it was actually it was up in Pluckton as well. Actually, it was it was for the Face Alba. Oh, lovely. When I was doing yeah. a, a Kaylee Trail thing when I was in my teens, and she said she told this story, but I think she was on tour with with Myred. 
and uh, they were in an airport and I can't mind, something happened like they hadn't booked an extra bit of luggage or something and apparently she just she just lost it because she had to pay whatever extra and it was extortionate and she was just raging and she was just lost her cool in the airport <laughs> and she was just like it's been so embarrassing ever since because all my pals just take take the mick out of me for it you know <laughs> that oh I remember that time Anna lost it in the in the airport <laughs> you know yeah. and it's just it's good to not be remembered for for those things totally. you know um well I guess it rarely achieves much losing it, it really aye it's good but it's I can good un- I can understand where she was coming from I mean like you know <laughs> last month with Tanner we were flying back from Germany and the, oh, yeah. our flight was cancelled and we were rebooked and I, I play accordion in that band and they hadn't rebooked me a seat for the accordion and it can't go in the hold because it comes out it'll come out as like a thousand pieces of kindling yeah not working so, accordion yeah. so it's just I and I was there Four hours before check-in opened, standing at the front of the line, just waiting to make sure that I could get a seat on for the accordion on this rebooked flight. So I, I can know. understand the frustrations that it can be fraught flying yeah. with instruments, but it's good to keep your cool. Absolutely, and but like in that, because I, you know, I was there. I remember seeing you uh, speaking to the the folk, and I think you did a pretty good job of like being level. And what what was the outcome? Was that not only did you get on like the earlier flight? But you also managed to get your your thing booked, and no, and there was no drama in the airport, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's good. It's good that you managed to keep your cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It was productive. <laughs> well done. Um, brilliant. Well, do you want to do you want to wrap things up? Aye. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's us for this time. Um, on the next instalment of Taking Note in a fortnight's time, Charlie and I are joined by the wonderful. Mary Campbell, who's a fantastically interesting and multifaceted artist. Um, we had a really great time with her, so do look forward to hearing that in a couple of weeks' time. As always, our grateful thanks to yourself, Owen, for Thank you. producing this podcast for us. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, and also to our funders, without whom this wouldn't be possible, the Marcus Trust, Britain Peers Arts and Creative Scotland. These podcasts are free to listen to, but if you like what you've heard, you might consider subscribing to us on Bandcamp. For those who do so, we're offering various things, and you can find out more about what that entails and what you might get from it from our website, which is www.cgjpmusic.com. So do join us in a fortnight's time, where on the next instalment of Taking Note, we'll be joined by the wonderful Mary Campbell. See you then, and bye for now. (laughs) 